Welcome to another edition of the Inside Scoop. My name is Neil Crawford. I'm your host and also the founder of Anytime Soccer Training. If you're not familiar with the Inside Scoop, it's a podcast dedicated to helping parents learn about the soccer pathways that would be available to their child if they lived in another city around the world. This show is sponsored in part by Anytime Soccer Training. And Anytime Soccer Training is a web application that houses well over 1,000 training videos and over 101 fun soccer games. And if that's not enough, we've also added hundreds of hundreds of skill challenges. And these are short videos that encourages your child to try their best at a particular skill while also having fun. And if you don't know anything about what I'm talking about or you're not familiar with Anytime Soccer Training, I encourage you to go to www.anytime-soccer.com and join the mailing list. And then we'll, we'll enroll you into the free seven day ball mastery challenge where you'll get a new training video every day for seven days to see how you get, see how you guys like it totally for free. Your child will get thousands of extra touches each day and become a more technical player. Now on to the show. Now, I owe you guys a lot of shows, and every time I set up the lineup of shows I'm going to do, um, I get engaged in a conversation on Facebook that prompts me to do a show really quickly while it's fresh on my mind, and that's what I'm going to do today. So um, we've had a lot of conversations on the uh, Facebook page this week, and I appreciate you guys uh, chiming in. And if you're not a member of the Facebook group, I put the link in the show notes, so definitely join and join the conversation. But we've had a lot of conversations on the Facebook group this week, and they, and if I had to generalize it into one big category, it's really around the area of optimizing individual training, and to a lesser extent, team training, but definitely optimizing individual training in order to get greater game performance. And this is, uh, even though we had this conversation on Facebook this week, this is indicative of a lot of conversations I've been a part of where coaches and training specialists and medical folks and um, performance people and brain folks and all these other um, specialists talk about ways that whatever we're doing, whatever we typically do, they challenge the conventional wisdom and says, hey, whatever you're typically doing, if you make these tweaks, um, you can enhance the game performance of your players. And then what, while no one agrees completely 100% on what works the best or the hierarchy of what works, there is a general consensus that you'll see on social media and in most publications, soccer publications, that says, listen, the more game-like you can make a drill, and some people don't even like using the word drill, but we'll use it for now, the more game-like you can make the uh, drill, the better it is for performance outcomes. The more randomized you can make the drill, the better it is for um, in-game performance. The more decision-making you can incorporate into a drill, the better it is for in-game performance. The more complex you can make a drill, the better it is for in-game performance. The more challenging 
you can make a drill, the more, the better it is for in-game performance. If you can do all those things or any part of those things, that's better than what they would consider to be more of a routine or a predictable pattern that the child or the player may engage in. And, you know, I don't disagree with any of that at all. And I definitely don't have um, the expertise to discredit any of these theories. I think all of them are valid. As a matter of fact, I got my uh, PhD on Facebook and my master's of science on Google. So I'm definitely not gonna discredit anything that uh, these specialists are saying. As a matter of fact, I spend the majority of my time learning from them and incorporating some of this stuff into the team trainings that I do. But with that being said, and there's always a but, let me take a moment and speak directly to the parent trainer. And the parent trainer is that person in the trenches who is working with their child on a daily basis. Or I want to speak to the, per to the parent who is considering becoming a parent trainer. During the co course, course of this series, I've spent a lot of time defining the parent trainer, but I'm going to rehash the beliefs that I believe the parent trainer, that most parent trainers share, even though we're different in terms of how we execute, we're different in terms of what we do with our children. Most of us share these core beliefs, and I'm going to share with you guys now so that we're just orientated on who I'm actually speaking most directly to. So parent trainers are defined by um, their beliefs and, and those beliefs are manifested in their actions, right? And so parent trainers believe that the individual must take ownership of their own development. They believe in self autonomy, the power of autonomy, the power of personal responsibility. Your development starts with you and that's, and you can, um, are responsible for uh, advancing your development and you can get the most gains in your own development by your own personal actions. So that's our first belief. However, the parent trainer understands that children need help from their parents until they reach an age of self-actualization, okay? So your eight-year-old is just not gonna do many of the things that you know will benefit them long-term without your guidance and your support. Parent trainers also believe that deliberate practice is effective and a necessary component of mastery. So that doesn't mean that you got to be out there three hours kicking the ball off, off a wall. And we don't know the hierarchy of, you know, where deliberate practice fits into the hierarchy of skill acquisition. But we're not going to entertain a debate because we just have seen it in our own lives and we've seen it too many times in our children's lives that when they practice something specific, they get better at that specific thing. And then that then that specific uh, improvement translates into a better and more skillful soccer player. So we're not having that debate. Parent trainers are unwilling to outsource 100 percent of their child's development in soccer or anything else to someone else. And this is a nuanced point to say, yes, we'll send our kids to a team training and have you know great clubs and all that kind of stuff. Yes, we will hire a private trainer if that's what we want to do. But you know, the only time our child is getting better cannot be 
when someone else is either volunteering or getting paid. And the only time our child get, is getting better cannot be when someone else is pushing them to do so. The child has to get better on their own, but the child in most cases, and I'm gonna do a show on, on unicorns because there are people telling me that their young children have already reached self-actualization, which may be true, but the child in most cases have not, has not reached self-actualization um, to do it consistently enough. And that's where the parent trainer steps in until the child is able to step in for themselves. And then the final thing is the parent trainer is introspective and they recognize that they need to strike the right balance between training and fun. And I'm going to do a show on, on definitions, but you know, I'm going to swap out the word fun for instant gratification. So let's not repeat those really quickly uh, without all the uh, context. Parent trainers believe that the individual must take ownership of their own development. However, children are just not at the maturity level um, to reach self-actualization yet. Parent trainers believe that deliberate practice is effective and a necessary component of, of mastery. And parent trainers are unwilling to outsource 100% of their child's development to someone else, especially in soccer or anything else. But parent trainers are reflective, they're introspective. They recognize that you just can't train a kid, you know, um, an hour a day and do nothing else because you're probably going to uh, risk burning them out. You got to make it fun. You got to, um, and you got to meet them where they're at. But at the same time, it's not always going to be 100% gratification. So, so that's, that's a summary of who I'm actually talking to. And that's important because then it gets into, well, what was the motivation behind my creating anytime soccer training in the first place? And anytime soccer training is simply a manifestation of a solution to a dilemma that I experienced. And I know other parents also experience. So again, I said a lot there, but it's but but I created a solution to a problem that I was having. And then I tried to share that solution that I came up with with other parents. But it's so nuanced and, and it needs it requires so much. So it requires a it required a tool basically that I said, okay what I'm doing now is not working. So I got to come up with a way to share this information to really, really help parents. And then that's then what motivated me to create Anytime Soccer Training. And if you look at some old Facebook uh, posts of mine, and I'll try to pull some of these out, you're going to see that I was preaching this stuff way before I um, thought about Anytime Soccer Training, but I just was not able to connect with parents because they just didn't have a tool that reflected and helped them uh, with what I was trying to say. And so then the question becomes, well, what is that dilemma? Well, as a parent, the dilemma is, how do I actually actively supplement my sons, in this case, my sons, training so that they become masterful on the ball while at the same time keeping things relatively fun and avoiding their burning out. So sure, you know, I could lock them in the basement and train them two hours every day and they will become very good. There's no, there's no, um, no doubt about that. 
And I could also um, just play with them, right? And they will improve. If I just play with them, play 1v1 with them all the time, there's no doubt in my mind that they will improve and they will have fun with me. And that, I mean, there's a strong argument that that's probably better than trying to balance the two. But I don't believe, again, because of the deliberate practice perspective uh, angle, that you can become as masterful as someone who mixes the two. Um, yeah, you cannot become as masterful on the ball as a person who mixes the two. But the problem is, as a parent, you got to strike the right balance. And that's why, or one of the reasons why we created Anytime Soccer Training, that's why I write all these blog posts, that's why I do these um, interviews, and that's why I'm doing the podcast. So when we circle back to improving in performance goals through in-person training, and let me remind you of what some of those things are, making it more game-like, randomizing it, uh, incorporating decision-making, making it more complex, making it more challenging. As a parent trainer, you have to understand that's true, but you have to filter that into, I'm working with my eight-year-old who not only doesn't understand why we're doing this, probably doesn't want to be there after day you know five and i have to be very sensitive to that and so i have to take that information and 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 synthesize it in a way that works for my family and here is the bottom line and again your children could be totally different than this and maybe mine are unique in this regard or maybe i'm a particularly annoying i don't know but this has been my experience this has been the only experience that parents have come with to me and shared and this is the only this is the main experience i see uh, when i'm on the soccer field overhearing parents and maybe i'm being too negative maybe this is not indicative of what's going on out there and one of the challenges of doing a podcast is you don't get instant feedback so i'm going to post this onto the you uh, onto the facebook group and then you guys let me know no 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 neil you're unique. Um, we, I don't have this problem with my child. I have this problem or I have that problem, but the problems that you're talking about, my child and I, we don't have them. So the bottom line is there is only one voice on the soccer pitch that my boys never want to hear when it comes to training. There's only one voice they don't want to hear, and that's mine when it comes to training. And on the flip side, there's only one voice basically on the soccer pitch that my boys love to hear when it comes to playing and genuine positive feedback, genuine and specific positive feedback. They love it. And that's mine. So I said a lot there. They don't want to hear my voice when it comes to training. Do this, do that, do that. They don't want to hear it. Coach, fine. Trainer, no problem. Me, no. But when it comes to positive feedback, genuine and specific positive feedback, what I say matters more to them than anyone else in the world. And I got to be aware of that. So it's a very perilous endeavor as a parent to try to squeeze major performance gains out of a particular session. You got to do it at your own risk. Why is that? Because of point number one, because in order to do that, for the most part, you got to talk to them. You got to correct them. You got to push them. You got to challenge them. You got to come up with something new all the time. They have to not 
understand what is going to be expected. And in a previous podcast, I did a show where I talked about going to, um, you know, sort of uh, comparing the sessions I do with my boys to going to a boot camp class or a fitness class like adults do. Well, if you go to a fitness class on Monday and the teacher's great, you enjoy the class, you got a good cardio, you improve, got a little bit stronger and you say, okay, and the class was 30 minutes. And, and then you go back the next day and the teacher's doing something totally different. The class is two hours. It's not what you expected. And then you go back the next day is what you expected. It's just like it was on Monday. And then you go back the next day is something different. And well, you would become, fr- more than likely, you would become a little frustrated with that because you're thinking, man, and you may not think about it in these terms exactly, but you're thinking, man, I want to go to this class 52 weeks, but I, uh, out of the year, or have access to this class 52 weeks out of the year, but I don't know what to expect. I don't know if this is going to be a two-hour class, a 30-minute class, a 15-minute class. I don't know what sh- which shoes I should wear. I don't know how hard it's going to be. Is it going to be for beginners? Is it going to be advanced? Every time I come, the teacher just looks around the room and decides on what he or she is going to do. I can't do that all the time. I need something a little bit more predictable. Well, it's no different than with my children. Yes, I can push the envelope. I can go out there and every um, every training session, I can do something totally different that they're not expecting. I can watch their film. We film their games. I can watch and say, oh, he has this weakness. I'm going to work on that today. And, and I can do all that. And I got to teach him that stuff. And I'm telling you from my experience, and I would love to hear you guys' feedback, that is at best a perilous situation. At worst, a a recipe for total disaster and frustration. That's a recipe for crying on their part, frustration on your part. Because one of the reasons you're gonna get frustrated, and I've been there, it's because they're just not going to give you 110% because familiarity breeds contempt. You live with your child. The child sees you every day. They're just not going to give you 100%, 10%. And you need, if you're going to do some game-like thing where they're exploding here and changing here and reacting here, you really need maximum effort for this stuff to really be as effective as it needs to be. Or I think you may be missing um missing the um missing some of the gains that come with this type of training so it sounds like i'm saying man using anytime soccer training or using this methodology doesn't um it doesn't work no i mean i post videos of my boys the only only training i do with them is anytime soccer training and then i um and then they have the team environment so you can take it for what it's worth i believe that 90% of the battle is consistency, right? If you are consistent, I don't care how predictable anything is, 90% of the battle is consistency. If you're consistent then and follow your plan through, you're going to improve. Will you improve as much as if I, you know, created the, um, the Berisha Dorfman light system where you're kicking the ball? No, but if you kick that ball against the wall, a uh, hundred times a day, your first touch is going to improve. And then remember what we're doing with our children, whether we're a private trainer, whether we're a coach, or whether we're a parent, is supplementing all this other stuff that they should be getting in their club environment. That's number one. 
Number two is we're following a progression. It goes step by step and becomes more and becomes more complex as they go on. And it becomes more challenging. And then as a matter of fact, we're adding uh, a free, we, we have freestyle videos, but we're gonna add a special module just for freestyle that, that boosts creativity. And we also have models for uh, uh, 1v1, which I'm gonna talk about later. So then the question becomes, well then what is it, what are we trying to do here? And I'll go on record saying, I am not trying to produce a professional soccer player. I'm not a dream killer. If that happens, great, but that's not what I'm trying to do. And I, because working with me is not gonna get you there. It's a lot of other stuff that has to happen. What I am trying to do for my sons, and they're gonna listen to this. Hey, Adam, hey, Matthew. I'm trying to, first of all, instill a growth mentality through using the medium of youth soccer and then education. So I'm trying to instill a growth mentality using youth soccer and then again, um, in, in parentheses, education. And in order to do this, the first thing is I got to prove to them that practicing actually makes them better. That's very important. That's one of the reasons why I want them to be successful on the soccer field is because I need to prove to them that if you practice, you will get better. I also have to prove to them that they are not victims of their genes. Dad, I gave them the best I could. Whatever I got, that's what I gave them. Whatever their mom got, that's what she gave them. But their um, aptitude, their ceiling is not based on the genes that they inherited per se, and that's a huge per se that they also have an imp impact on how far they go through their actions. And I need to prove that to them. And the way I prove it, I need to show them their kids and that they play against, especially my older one, my younger one's too young to think about this, that they know are faster, or at least were faster, more aggressive, that just shot out out front, just were hands down better, that now um, my son is seen, couldn't even be on the same field with him. So I got to prove that to them. I also got to prove to them that um, people, that you will become better at this thing, whether it be soccer, education, or whatever you choose, than the people who don't do what you're doing, right? And that's part of what the growth mentality is saying. If you're not static. If you do these things, you will, they can't catch you, right? And I don't want to make soccer hyper-competitive. What I'm effectively saying is, this is a timeless lesson that I know to be true. And then the final thing is I want them to experience the rewards of hard work, right? But I don't want any of this to be too stressful for them. And that's why I have to be very careful not, as a parent, not to try to squeeze every ounce of juice out of a session, even though I could, right? And then um, the second thing I want is for them to have a healthy habit formation. I want them to understand what it takes and understand how to and experience healthy habits. So I got to prove to them and show them that 20, 30, or even an hour of light exercise is just not going to kill them. There are many times they don't want to do it. I'm, I'm respectful of that. Sometimes I pull rank and say, hey, listen, you signed up for this. You got to do it. 
And afterwards, they say, you know what, dad, that wasn't too bad. Absolutely. 20, 30 minutes is just not going to be that big of a deal. And I'm proving to them that being consistent is 90% of the battle, right? And finally, you have all your life, especially if your kids are young like mine, to acquire these skills. Rome was not built in a day. And I've seen it time and time again. If you start out too hard, start out too challenging, you start out too complex, you're going to get frustrated and quit. And that happens in children's lives as well as adults. Now, from a practical matter, um, I do believe as part of my quote unquote theory of change, which we talked about in a previous podcast, that it's important to get a maximum amount of quality touches in the shortest amount of time because you don't want to be out there all day with your kid and your kid doesn't want to be out there all day. And so the way you get maximum touches is number one, them knowing what to expect. Number two, them knowing and being familiar with the move. That's why it's one video per move. Um, number three, and we leverage the automation um, and the algorithms of technology. And I'm going to do a special podcast on, you know, the pros and cons of using technology and training. But technology doesn't, doesn't care about what day you're having. Technology doesn't care about how many mistakes you have. Technology doesn't look at you and say, oh, I think he's good. So I'm going to skip it. Technology is just, it just runs. So when we do a juggling session, if it tells you drill with your left foot only, drill with your left foot on, then right foot on, then both feet. You know, the technology is there. So, so I will say that if, in going back to the fitness class, if every time the teacher had to do a fitness class, she had to first come and think about, okay, today's class, I'm going to have Jerry, Sue, Roxanne, Mike, and they are at this level. So I got to come up with these. Okay. Then next week, okay, I got to, I want to have um, Philip. Mike is also coming. He's, he's a little bit more advanced. And then I got to come up with, and I'm going to have some more uh, people and, and they've requested to work on lower body as opposed to, and I got to think about it. So first of all, it's extremely time consuming it would be stream extremely time consuming for consuming for the parent uh, to think about all this stuff and then even if they did do it they wouldn't be able to be consistent and then if they were able to be consistent which they can't it will take a while for the pupil to figure out what it is they're trying to do and all of that is valuable time that you'll hear coaches say the ball is not rolling so I want to reduce the amount of time it takes to explain something and increase the amount of time that they're, um, that they're doing it, even if it means um, they're doing some of the things um, over and over again until they get it. And finally, I and I tell this to my older one all the time, your dad can't take you for so far, right? I, I just can't. So what I'm doing with you and what I hope that most parents are doing with their kids who work with their kids is helping them build what we call a rock solid foundation. And then you're going to get good enough if you stick with this and you build a rock solid foundation, you're going to get good enough to where all the fancy trainers and all the fancy clubs are going to come and say, hey, 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 Matthew, <laughs> hey, Adam. You come join us on this day. We're going to work with you because we see potential. They always, we see potential, right? They see potential after you built a rock solid foundation. We see potential and we're going to work with you one-on-one uh, -on -one because we think you have what it takes to go to the next. 
that that's how it tends to happen you listen to uh, i think it was that keeper um it was a keeper uh uh for the u.s uh y'all know most famous keeper uh in in for the u.s national team same thing happened to him he was um good training and then someone pulled him under uh their wing and train them up and then he and then the rest is history i have a cousin who who does shot put for the university of tennessee same thing his mom worked with him worked with him working and as a matter of fact she was a single mom and she went and got her track and field license just to help him work with him work with him trainer saw him she wouldn't she didn't have no money to pay the trainer he was like don't worry about it i see a lot of potential in this guy and he worked with them for 10 years for free and now my um, cousin is a d1 athlete at the university of tennessee we're proud of him so the parent can't take you but so far that's the more and then as a practical matter and we're, we're we're building stuff into the technology to make it easier for our parents and we're building stuff in the technology to make we're going to create a coaching um portal so that our coaches can assign homework because we think it'll be easier for the coach to give the homework to the kids instead of the parent trying to do it but as a practical matter I'm just trying to get parents out of their car and playing with their kids, right? If I can do that, if I can get you out of your car and play with your kids for 10, 15 minutes a day, I can drop the mic, my job is done, right? I talk a lot about training because I have a training application, but at the end of the day, way before training, way before any time soccer training, I was out there playing with my kids every day in every sport. And they viewed me as a dad who was a friend who loved to play. Right. And then it was only then that I saw my older one, especially was was very precocious. He really wanted to get better at stuff and he was very competitive. And then it was only then that I started researching how to help him get better, which then led to, you know, what you're listening to now. So I'm just trying to get parents out of the car to play with their kids. And that's why we have hundreds and hundreds of one V one games and fun games. And what that means is the problem that I'm trying to solve is not parent out there for hours training a kid but not getting the highest performance game gains i'm not out there trying to say parent is training with their kids but you know need that needs the analytics to see if the kid is getting the most out of it. that's not the problem i'm trying to solve maybe we'll build that in the tech technology maybe we won't but that ain't the problem i'm trying to solve the problem i'm trying to solve is proving to parent that hey you can do 10 if you do 10 minutes of this stuff there's a hundred percent follow along your child's um, uh, soccer skills will skyrocket and they will become more competitive, uh, more, more confident. They will become more skillful and that will then allow them uh, to enjoy the game longer. And sometimes they're not gonna like it and that's okay. Just get them to commit to 10 minutes. And if they can't commit to 10 minutes of doing this stuff on, your own, on their own, that's good to know before you buy your tickets to Disney, before you, punch your tickets to Kansas and all these other fancy tournaments, you and the child eventually need to settle on a program that fits their desire. And there's nothing wrong with that. So in conclusion, and I'm talking again to my parent trainers, and I'm gonna leave this one with a tip as well. I haven't given you guys a tip in a while. I am begging you from the bottom of my heart that if you're gonna go down this road of working with your own child, the first, and the first rule of working with your own child is do no harm. Again, do no harm. You gotta be stern, you gotta be consistent. 
they're not going to understand all the time what you're doing. But do no harm. Don't try to throw too much at them. Don't try to make it too complex. If you can use technology to incorporate reaction and all that kind of stuff, there are many apps out there. I think someone shared a podcast with me with this guy from Switch, Switch On. I'm going to post that in the show notes. I highly recommend using technology to do this stuff as opposed to your voice. But layer this stuff on to them because they have all of their life to do it. And I'm telling you from experience and somebody who has trained hundreds of kids, looked at the feet of thousands um, and seen even more thousands on video. The problem is not our kids are not able to react fast enough. The problem that I'm seeing is not our kids are not able to explode and all that kind of stuff, which is important. Is that they don't have a rock solid technical foundation. They can't move the ball in the way uh, that they should. They can't control the ball in the way that their mind is telling them to do. They can't do execute very basic and fundamental skills consistently. They can't stand in a box um, that's two feet by two feet and just juggle. They can't dribble from side to side without uh, in a straight line without moving all over the place. They, these are these fundamental things and skills that they're, they're lacking that you as a parent are uniquely suited to help them with. And if you want to make a session more game-like, if you want to challenge them, you wanna, if you want to um, go down that road, I am begging you to do it in a fun way. And that's why I do all that stuff with 1v1. So with 1v1, I might have one goal is red and one goal is green. And the red goal is towards my son's weak foot. And the green goal is towards my son's um, strong foot. And you get two points if you score in the red goal, but you got to use your right foot and blah, blah, blah. Whatever you do, just make it fun if you go down that road of coaching. So you take that as a, I'm lecturing you because, and I almost don't want to go. I'm hanging on to you because I see the kids crying. I see the frustrated dads and moms out there trying to get their kids to do something. Kid don't want to be there. Kid don't want to hear your voice. Kid um, is not inspired by you. Kid doesn't understand what you are doing. You are not trained to give this level of instruction and you emotional and just, just no, just avoid it. Just pretend you are a boot camp teacher and you're going to run through this um, program and they're going to get it eventually. All right. So now on to the tip and I am working with, man, I got to do a show on juggling. Someone posted a podcast regarding that as well. And I'm working on juggling with my um, younger son. And the way his juggling session works is he'll do a five minute anytime soccer training video. And then he does something with me that's not in the video program. Yeah. And I got to think about a way to do this. I don't even know how to do it. So five minutes with the video, just follow along. And then he does something. He does something with me. He does one of two types of games with me that are not in the video. The first game, and I talked about this in the, in the Positive Constraints um, podcast, is I'll create a box and I'll effectively say, hey, you have uh, five attempts to get 25 uh, juggles with your right foot only. Then five attempts to get 25 juggles with your left foot. Five attempts to get 25 juggles with either foot. I count the attempts. He counts his juggles. He can't leave the box. If he, if he juggles, uh, if he takes, if he gets, if he uses up all his attempts and he doesn't get to 25 juggles, then he gets 10 attempts and so forth. 
that then um, incentivizes him to juggle within the five attempts. He's not too frustrated with me. And, and then he knows if he doesn't get it, then uh, he'll get more attempts. So it's, it's not overwhelming. And then what happens is the average attempts increases, increases, increases. So instead of it taking 10 attempts to get 25, eventually it'll take less than five and then it'll be one attempt and so forth. I don't even do this with my older one. He's way past that now. Don't don't need to. And if you don't, and if you listen to the uh, Positive Constraint podcast, which I'll also li li list in the show notes, I go into more detail about that. Well, another way I, another positive constraint I use is called negatives. And when I say negatives, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And remember, this is not a game that they enjoy in that way. It's just aligning our incentives so that they're motivated to get it done. And when they do get it done quickly, they get, um, they feel excited and happy. Um, the endorphins, I guess you'd say, the same way you get from accomplish, accomplishing some other goal. And the way negatives work is like this. Let's say, um, so right now my son in the program is working on juggling three times. So there's a video where you have to juggle three times and catch the ball and it's a five minute video. So after that video, I'll say, okay, you have to do 15 three time juggle and catches. So right, left, right, and then left, right, left. You gotta do 15 of the, and catch, 15 of those successfully. So right, left, right, catches one, left, right, left, is in catches too. You had to do 15 of those successfully without making any mistakes. And if I just left it at that, he would eventually get it done, but he'd make a mistake every other time until he got to 15. But I don't want that because I want him to try his best. And I don't want to spend um, all day out there doing something that I know shouldn't take him that long. So I have what we call, I implement what we call negatives. So that means for every mistake, I add two more attempts, but uh, two more to the goal, but you can do it however you want. And you have to also monitor it based on, uh, I should say calibrate it based on their skill. So I know where my son's skill is. So let's say he does one, now it's 14 left. I'm keeping the count. All right, he does another one, it's 13 left. I'm keeping the count. He does another one, it's uh, 12 left. I'm keeping the count. Then he does another one, but he messes up. So now I add two more. So now it's back to, if he was at 12, it's back to 14, okay? He does another one, he's back to um, 13. He does another one, he's back to 12. He does another one, he's back to 11. He does another one, he's down to 10. Now he makes a mistake again. He goes back up to 12, that's the negatives, right? And he keeps doing that until he works his way down to zero. And with my sons, my younger one, once he gets motivated to do that, he knocks that out instantly. He's happy, I'm happy. Um, again, that's a way to, to get him to try his best. I guess you could say increased performance without me stressing the heck out of him. And I don't make it too hard. It does keep it kind of hard to keep my count, but I, I really have to concentrate. All right. And so, and so those are, that's a tip I'd like to share. And it's one more thing I did forget to add. And I, I'll talk about this, but I'm going to remind people one more time that the information that you guys are receiving it's great information is most than likely, more than likely is accurate. There are some exceptions, but more than likely it comes from a good place and it's got a lot of good uh, facts in, in it and tips. But these, the people who publish this stuff have never met anyone like you. They have never met the parent 
who is out there working with that kid, who is also sensitive about the kid's feelings, who is also reflective, but also logical and saying, hey, if I do this 10 minutes a day, they're going to get better. They just, not only have they not met you, they don't even consider it. They, it's not even in the anywhere in their minds. They know that it's so far from what they're thinking about that I actually feel bad when I chat with people like this on social media because it's so far from what they are thinking about that it's not fair to them to hit them with this kind of uh, content or, uh, or chats because it's way from what they're thinking about. We are a very specific group of people. We, we could be old school tra trainers who are like, yo, you my child, I'm trying to go to the league. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to get you to go to the league. You gotta be on the grind. We don't wanna do that. But then we also don't wanna be these, oh, just, just play with them and everything's gonna be all right and just praise the effort and you ain't gotta do nothing and just support the coach. No, we're not there either. We are in the middle saying, man, we are in a unique situation where we have time, energy, and information that we can help our children in a way that we only dreamed that someone could help them before. But at the same time, we don't want to get overdue and we don't want to, uh, we don't want to lose perspective on this thing. And again, what we don't want to do any harm. And I'm telling you, if you hear people talk to you or publish information that deals with this dilemma, please share it with me, Neil, at anytime-soccer.com. Please share it with me because I look for this information and that helps me. And I'll share it on the Facebook group. I don't ever find it. So help me so I can help myself and share it with folks who are not listening to this podcast. All right, so this rant is over. Please check out anytime-soccer.com um, to join the main list. You have access to, uh, to content like this as well as Seven Day Ball Master Challenge. And let's get better together.